This podcast is made possible by Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Invesco QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. You don't need to be a bioengineer to help change the shape of humanity. Become an agent of innovation with Invesco QQQ. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Welcome to Trillions. I'm Joel Weber. And I'm Eric Valchunas. Eric, I've lost track of time. Has it been two months? Three months? What day of the week is it? I don't even know. Uh, I, it, I, it's Tuesday. I know this because I'm actually going away for a couple days on Thursday. So now I've got back into some degree of a calendar. Oh, you've got like a countdown. You're, you're going to travel somewhere? Yeah, man. I'm, 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 I'm risking it. Uh, my dad lives in the panhandle of Florida, Miramar Beach. They opened the beaches there a couple weeks ago. He lives by himself. He's been going crazy. So I'm going to bring my oldest son. We're going to fly down on on tickets that were a third of the normal cost and then use that extra budget to, you know, eat like kings down there, go to the beach. It's going to be nice and hot and warm. We just have to be careful when we, you know, leave the house through the, you know, the airport and the airplane. But we have masks. and You're braver than I am, my friend. So you're going to the beach <laughs> and you're taking a flight to Florida, which brings us to the theme of this episode of Trans. Um, we're going to speak with Frank Holmes, the CEO of the ETF Jets, which I'm really excited about because this ETF right now, Eric, just there seems to be a ton of interest in it, right? Yeah, you know, um, I'm calling it Jet Sanity because it reminds me of Lin Sanity. Remember that little point guard, uh, Asian point guard from like 2012 who came off the bench and like schooled Kobe Bryant and like took over New York City for about two months. Lin Sanity, um, man. This is, yeah, this is the same thing except for an ETF. Let me give you some numbers on Jets. Jets went like years with a flow here and there over the course of a year. Then it goes down like 55% right, during the crisis. Since it went down, it's attracted a lot of people looking to play a rebound. But here's the stats that I'm just so blown away by. It's taken in flows for 48, no, 49 straight days, which is unheard of. Vanguard does that on occasion, and that's Vanguard. This is a theme ETF. It's also taken in 663 million. This fund had maybe 20 million um, three months ago. And so we compared it to other theme ETFs when they, quote, caught fire, like Robo, MJ, and Hack. And those did nothing. They couldn't even touch this amount of intensity in terms of a theme ETF sort of like capturing the moment. So there's that. And then there's the issue of all the people buying it. A lot of them are likely retail investors who are taking the other side of a trade from Warren Buffett. So you've got this David and Goliath trade going on. Buffett selling airlines, and you've got a lot of retail saying, no, it's going to go up. And who will win? We don't know. But it's a fascinating story. So I'm looking at the Jets uh, share price, and it's basically been flat until early February. And then all of a sudden, it starts to come down. And by March 18th, it has plunged from about just around $30 um, in the middle of February to about $12 
in mid-March. It sort of recovered and then has kind of come back down and now it's at about $12. That is an epic, epic change. This time on Trillions, Jet Sanity. Frank, welcome to Trillions. I got to ask you, this has been um, clearly a, a weird stretch in the history of the world. And, you know, you happen to be sort of like flying in a cockpit of a plane that your business model has been really disrupted here. When did you get a sense of how bad this might get? Well, you know, I started this uh, this Jets ETF five years ago, and that was almost where the uh, the where I launched it, where the flow started coming in massively, and it went nowhere. It went up to a hundred million shortly, and right after we launched it, and then it went nowhere, sideways, up and down. And it's interesting because you mentioned Hack. You know, Hack didn't really grow until Sony was hacked, and all of a sudden it woke up. And the same thing happens with with uh, the airline ETF. And we've been doing webcasts now four times a year to RIAs only and family offices across the nation. We've done about 20 of them over the past five years. And it seems that this audience and specialty hedge funds that play the airline industry came into it. We know that we've had a lot of small hedge funds that will go long the ETF to short the stocks they don't like in the airline industry. And they play it this way as a sort of a pairs trade. Uh, but it really accelerated as the fund fell. It's just like Hack. Hack had to get Sony to get hacked to all of a sudden be, become aware. And that's what took place here. When we analyze thematic ETFs, we always say they need a shiny object moment to get going. And you're right. Hack was the Sony hack. But the thing was that boosted cybersecurity stocks. Same thing with Robo and MJ. It was when they went up. This is the rare case where the shiny object was in the decline. And I'm guessing it's the P.E. ratio. I think at one point the P.E. of Jets was like four or five. I think they, I looked one time. The only thing lower was Nigeria and the coal industry. How much of the people are retail bottom callers do you find versus sort of the hedge funds? Uh, at the beginning, it was predominantly hedge funds that came in. Uh, that's what we we found. Uh, and, and what we would hear from them is that they've done this research of how long did it take for the airline industry to rebound after the tech uh, bubble, after 9-11, after SARS, after 2008-9. That trough to peak uh, took from uh, eight months to 18 months and was from 80% to 150% return on your money. And they were the first coming in looking for that bounce. So I got to ask, because one, you know, the last time something this significant really happened to the airline industry was September 11th. So here we are almost 20 years later. Airlines clearly came back after that. Um, you had a lot of institutional investors, including really noteworthy ones like the Warren Buffetts of the world after the financial crisis who came in and, and you know, doubled down and made a ton of money. But like the outlook for airlines right now, like we could just be looking at a lot of video conferences going forward and business travel that never comes back. What's your outlook for the airline industry from where you're sitting? So what is different is that the, um, the Beltway agencies and party, what they like to call it sometimes, and the, and the administration are very cognizant 
of, of, of being slow to support the airline industry. The FAA came out and said one in 15 jobs are related to the airline industry. So it has a huge multiplying effect and it's crucial for the hotels to turn around. Right now in Vegas, there's 200,000 empty rooms, 300,000 people have lost their jobs. Uh, something's got to come back to get this multiplying effect of the economy. So there's a much greater focus on reviving the airline industry uh, based on previous studies. So that's the big game changer here. And uh, you saw from the CARES Act, uh, how fast they responded, uh, even with the negotiations were quick, get the money in, maintain and get this industry turned around. So I think that that's very positive and constructive. The other thing that's really interesting for me is, is the TSA publishes every day how many people they've through the 400 airports they track, uh, people they've uh, screened. And uh, that bottomed in, in April. We've, we're, we've almost doubled the number of people flying every day. And, and there's new indicators coming out. And the other thing we've noticed is Google Trends. So looking for people, looking for hotels and looking for travel, that's peaked up. And it's really surged in Asia, uh, which is sort of bottomed first. And I think as we come back into this economy, uh, we're going to see more and more searches and, and the sentiment, the quant funds uh, that use sentiment indicators are looking at these two factors and they're plowing into it. That's what we hear and what we see. Well, what's interesting to me, uh, you look at the holdings of this, just so people listening know what's in it. It's pretty obvious. Southwest Airlines, American Airlines, Delta Airlines, United Airlines. Then you get down to things like Spirit Airlines. Um, Qantas. So it's global, but it's not just a market cap weighted plain vanilla or just simplistic uh, construction. There's a couple of wirings in the design of this ETF. T talk about how the actual process works to put these holdings in there. Although they seem obvious, it might not be exactly what people think, right? Well, th thank you for that opportunity because there was thousands of hours put into this uh, uh, and and this, to understand it, is that um, what we looked at is is that there's lots of volatility in, in currencies, and they can really be a big drag or a headwind or tailwind to your performance. So when we created this, we said, okay, what are the most five most important factors? And each night it would take eight hours to go and test a factor, and then we tested on two systems. We tested on FactSet and we tested on Bloomberg to go back over 10 years of data to see the robustness of which factor is, is, uh, deals well with rising economy, falling economy, bankruptcies, et cetera. So we distilled them down to five key factors. And then we took a look at weightings. And we found that uh, the four big guys, that is American Airlines, uh, Delta, uh, Southwest, and United, uh, they capture about 80% of the traffic. Uh, and so the portfolio, because of limitations, of, of regulatory limitations, we said, how can we maximize that? And we have four names, those names, 12% each. And each quarter, we recalibrate those. So that's 48% of the portfolio is really capturing the bulk of domestic travel. Now, when we went to foreign names and went outside of that, like, uh, is we went 1% for 20 names. And that mitigated this currency volatility and allowed us to catch those stocks that have the best factors, like highest cash flow returns on invested capital, growth and revenue last quarter over four quarters, growth and cash flow last quarter of four quarters, 
and, and other factors they look at for traffic flow of the uh, how many passenger seats you have, etc. Uh, and in between there, in between those 20 names we have that are foreign and the four big names, uh, we have a small group of names uh, that are that are airports. Uh, they can be airports. They can be uh, Boeing, uh, Airbus. Uh, they can be manufacturers. And that's where Hawaiian Airlines, Mesa Airlines, Spirit, uh, all these other sort of smaller airlines would show up. But it's a, more of a consolidated name of those are the most attractive. And each quarter, we kick them out and we bring them in if they don't have the highest cash flow returns on invested capital, if they're not showing revenue growing. So it's a dynamic approach each quarter, except for the big four names. Invesco QQQ is a proud sponsor of this podcast and a proud sponsor of accessing the future of innovation. Curious what that means? Well, since March 1999, Invesco QQQ has given investors a way to tap into the NASDAQ 100 in a single ETF. We're talking world-changing breakthroughs that we can't live without today. Gene therapy, telemedicine, AI, EVs, and more. Still curious? Tomorrow's innovation awaits. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETF risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully before investing. Invesco Distributors, Inc. So can you walk us through sort of what happened this last rebalance? Because obviously that's in the middle of all of this. Like what what basically, what opportunities did you guys see and how did you reallocate things then? I gave you a, a really interesting part was that it was nine months ago that uh, Boeing was kicked out. Uh, and then all the problems started coming. And you can see that showing up in this, in this sort of quant approach. Quantum, they call it quantum mentals, a combination of a quant approach of factors and fundamental analysis. Um, and, and so we, we see that rotation and uh, we see that we own uh, Mesa populated, then you have uh, Hawaiian Airlines populated, Alaska populated. How this quarter will take place, uh, the, the March numbers as they're slowly coming in uh, for the smaller names, uh, we don't have them all, all the financials are not published to be able to give you how the change is going to happen this quarter. But there will be rotations, and probably some of the biggest rotations will take outside of the U.S., where we have the 20 names. Remember, this is a, this is a portfolio of 33 names, 4 or 48%, and, and 20 or 1%. So it's a very compressed portfolio, and our bogey is to beat the New York Stock Exchange Global Airline Index. And that's what we've done with this model uh, since we launched it. And, you know, let's obviously diversifying you, you limit your upside, but you limit your downside, right? And I think that's part of what people are interested in when they buy an ETF over a single stock. You don't have to do research on every single company. Um, one question I had just going back to the outlook on airlines is the price to earnings ratio on, on this is currently nine. And the price to earnings um, ratio for the S&P is 24, Right. The airlines yep. do do they do they need to even rebound fully? Like, let's say they rebound halfway or sixty percent of the way. 
how much could that validate the bottom calling? Or will there be bankruptcies which will take down the, the winners? Uh, how does that play out if, say, we go to 50% or 60% in the next two years, not 100 uh, I, I, I think that the, the, the difference is, is that there's such a focus by the government, both politicians and the agencies, to get this industry turned around for job creation and, and the multiplying effect of jobs from the airline industry. I've never seen it before to this degree. Um, so I think you're going to get a higher bet, a higher percentage of survivors. One that's really, you know, that's sort of bit the dust was Avianca. Uh, Bianca uh, will hurt United because of uh, debt lendings and, and that clone dusting. But really, Avianca couldn't get government support because after they restructured their company over 15 years ago, um, they moved it to Panama. So the government of Colombia wasn't going to support them uh, because uh, they don't pay corporate taxes. Everything's went through Panama. And that was a case that they couldn't get government support. But that's not here. Here we've got tremendous government support. And the same thing is in, in Europe. And the other part that you're seeing here is like today, I believe the Fed starts buying um, a, a corporate bond ETFs. So they're trying to create a stability. They're trying to get those rates down. Because what's happened in, in, in that market that you don't really see, like the tip of the iceberg, oh, the 10-year government bonds down to 60 basis points. Money's cheap. Actually, it's not. Um, the, the, the cost of mezzanine funding uh, shot from about a 4% roll to 8 to 11% roll. Uh, every hedge fund that's in that space, every special lender in that space automatically just ratcheted up with all these covenants for two-year money is 8%. It's not 30 basis points. And so the government, I think, is coming in to try to stabilize corporate lending by buying these ETFs. That's very beneficial to the airline industry also. So let me let me ask that a slightly different way then. What do you think the worst case scenario might be for jets? Uh, uh, you're thinking, okay, so gauging the bounce. Well, the bounce has historically been from 80% to 150%. So if you're bearish, really bearish, we think it's going to be a short-lived one or a U, then you're going to get 60 to 80% bounce from the lows. Uh, if they do torque it up a year from now, we could see doubles. You've, you've, uh, you mentioned how hedge funds were in early and looking at holders, I can see that it was like, there's a Cantor Fitzgerald position and investnet asset management, uh, UBS is in there to green capital management. Those are, you know, people who tend to know what they're doing when they're getting in here and, and, you know, can stomach volatility. Eric also points out that uh, number of Robinhood investors over the last two months went from 300 to 20,000. That's pretty significant. Wondering what it's like to suddenly have that many retail investors show up. Well, it's, I think you can take a look at an ecosystem and you've got to have minnows with the tunas and the sharks and there's whales. You need a complete ecosystem. And, uh, and it's so good to see that you have a bunch of minnows because it does create a, a, a real dynamic market so that you can see the volume trades millions of shares a day. So I'm really thrilled about that. Um, uh, and, and I think that will continue. Uh, and I think that the idea that more and these younger investors that are coming in through Robinhood, 
they're much more fa- quick to take a look at is the TSA data that comes in every day tracking that, uh, putting moving averages on that data, or, or looking at Google Trends uh, to all of a sudden go long and trade in and out around those positions. So uh, I think it's great because it will attract bigger institutional money. I spend a lot of time tracking the ETF industry, the winners and losers. To me, it reminds me of Silicon Valley. Um, there's a lot of innovation, and but a lot of failure. Just talk about, take us into what it's just like to have a hit, um, especially when it looked like, you know, you go months and months with, you're literally in oblivion. Yeah, I, I looked at it and it's like you're bobbing along and it's averaging $27 a share. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, you know, you have the pandemic hit. Yeah. And once you get this kind of liquidity, even if it goes up and some people take profits and your assets maybe go down to 300 million, you've now become the go-to airline spot. So you're, you've kind of made it. But just talk about that catching fire. Uh, what's that like to see inflows every day after months and months where you saw maybe one day of inflows in like a year and a half? Oh, it's a wonderful feeling because I've not had that elation since back in 2006 when we were getting 50 million a day into our gold mutual funds. I went out uh, and said, okay, I've got to get into the ETFs. I have to get out of mutual funds. I have to diversify. And I picked an industry because I noticed, Eric, that my flights were all of a sudden limited. Uh, by you know, five years ago, uh, actually starting about 10 years ago, the options to fly had dropped. The cost of a ticket went up 300%. So I said, how do I make money with this and launch a product? And there was no other airline ETF. So launching it and, and nurturing it along, you know, it was, a, it was lots of love and nurturing it because knowing uh, it took a couple years and all of a sudden Buffett starts recognizing the high returns on investor capital. Uh, I think that this economy turns, he comes back in. That's what I think uh, will be the game changer. So much of um, the airline's profitability has been rooted in sort of the business class or first class traveler. If that uh, segment doesn't come back for a long time, potentially, because, you know, companies say, you know what, no more flying, you can just do video conferencing. What does that mean for the airline industry? Well, that would be tragic for the airline industries, no doubt. But we we see the first catering is the business. Business people can't wait uh, to go and sell and tell and yell their product and sales. You need to have sales. That's what drives revenue. And human interaction is so important for that. And uh, Southwest Airlines, uh, they, they see that uh, something more, you know, more than um, a third of their a third of their passengers are business. But seventy percent of their profits, they have higher margins on the business end. We we talked about Warren Buffett earlier. What advice, or what would you tell him if you could tell him anything right now? Oh, I I, I look up to this idol. I would just uh, uh, share with him that things will turn. He always talks about betting on America, um, and uh, he's worried about ten billion dollars then just go and plunk it down and give lots of capital to Southwest. It's, it's by far you know, one of the best-run airlines along with Delta when you look at all these type of metrics. Um, take them out. This is really fascinating. And, you know, congratulations on your against-the-odds hit product. Um, you know, it, only about okay. one in every 20 or 30 theme ETFs gets to where you are with, you know, over a couple hundred million. 
Um, but yours is special because of the intensity. Again, it's reminds me of it's the theme ETF equivalent of Linsanity. Frank, Frank Holmes, thanks for joining us on Trillions. Thank you for the opportunity sharing my story. Thanks for listening to Trillions. Until next time, you can find us on the Bloomberg Terminal, Bloomberg.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you'd like to listen. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Twitter. I'm at Joel Weber Show. He's at Eric Balchunas. And you can find Frank Holmes at Bulldog Holmes and also at US Funds. This episode of Trillions was produced by Magnus Hendrickson. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. Bye. This podcast is made possible by Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Invesco QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.